Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Offense and defense have been going back and forth all spring. Today, I didn't think the offense came out with the right attitude and mentality that we need to be champions uh, on a daily basis. So we got to learn from that. Uh, we picked it up as the practice went along. And in order for us to be great, we got to, as soon as we hit that grass field, we got to make sure we're locked and loaded and focused. Uh, for the most part, uh, the defense you know, pretty much gave it to us today. But. Yeah, it was the whole offense. I mean, it was pick a position. You know, guys weren't dialed into the details of what they were doing. And, you know, um, certainly, um, you know, our defense played with more energy this morning initially. And, uh, you know, they carried it throughout practice. We had some bright moments, but, you know, overall just was not to our standard. Coach Frost wanted those guys to understand, hey, we still got a lot of work to do. Uh, we had a little taste of the fans being in, in, the, in the stands last week, so they got motivated from that. Coach Frost made an emphasis in our team meeting. Hey, we fellas, we have a long way to go still. We got still opportunities. Sometimes you're trying to look at the carrot down the road on May 1st, but we still got a lot of work to get done. And, and welcome here to this edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan and Robin Washett. Later we'll hear from Brian Munson as um, we bring you through the home stretch of spring practice. Nebraska held... Uh, their final major scrimmage of the spring on Wednesday inside of Memorial Stadium. It was a full padded affair, a chilly morning, uh, but they got a lot of work done, all things considered. Um, now they'll head into this final week with Monday and Wednesday practices as well as the red-white spring game on May 1st. Uh, around 30,000 or so tickets have been sold uh, for the game. They'll sell at least 42,000, if not more, now that the capacity and guidelines have been loosened a little bit this week. But it was interesting. You heard Robin, um, Sean Becton, and Greg Austin both coming out right away and saying, you know what, they didn't have a very good final scrimmage for the offense. The defense had the upper hand. I felt like what, what we got to see on Saturday before that in the open practice, you know, there were flashes by the offense, but I, I think we both agreed the the defense had the upper hand as well. And, and, you know, really they probably should. They have a lot more veteran talent and leadership on the defense right now in some of the key spots and depth. And, you know, as we head down this final stretch, the defense kind of won the final strip battle. Yeah, and like, like you said, that's not a total surprise uh, just given what Nebraska's defense is and how much experience is coming back and how deep that side of the ball is. So, um, you know, I think you pair that with what we were able to see on Saturday and some of the reports that we've gotten over the course of spring. There's been some back and forth, so it's not like the offense is being completely overwhelmed, but, you know, Wednesday was the defense's day. And, um uh, Honestly, in spring, that's how it should be, especially when, you know, you have so many new wide receivers, so many new running backs, young guys on the offensive line. You know, Nebraska's offense is transitioning a bit. And so with you pair that with uh, what they have to work with on the defensive side of the ball, I'd, I'd probably be more concerned if they had all these reports about how the offense just lit up a bunch of, you know, fifth and sixth year seniors on defense. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk uh, spring practice here, Robin. But, you know, I think we both walked away uh, with some interesting takes, some observations, 
Uh, we'll hit on Jacques Giant more in our next segment, the, the walk-on running back out of Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, but I want to go right to the receivers um, as we talk offense here. I, I think we both would agree year over year that potentially will be the most improved position on Nebraska. And Omar Manning was out there. Samari Torre was out there. Xavier Betts. Um, Will Nixon, now Alante Brown was battling and injured, not practicing. Um, but you just see where this group has come, Oliver Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and getting a chance to see it with our own eyes, you can see the potential of what this group can be. And I think they thought this is what it was going to be a year ago. Uh, it just didn't materialize, but I think they finally have the parts there. Well, strictly just off the eyeball test, I mean, this this is as impressive looking of a receiving core we've seen in Nebraska in a long time, and probably since uh, you know, as good as any that that we've seen since I've been doing this. I mean, well, just, you, you just got from the, the eyeball test, the Kenny Bell, Brandon Riley, Westerkamp. But Kenny Bell wasn't physically impressed. Like he was, he didn't look like Omar Manning. He, he was drafted. He though. didn't. I'm just saying from the eyeball test, and then those, and he was all Big Ten. And I know, I get it. So what I'm saying is, from top to bottom, though, they have more than just Kenny Bell and Brandon Riley and Jordan Westerkamp and all those guys. They have uh, a bunch of guys that look really good, and so. Now they need to be able to translate onto the field on Saturday. But as far as what that group looks like in midway through spring practice, um, they you know, when when Scott Frost at the beginning of spring said that the receiving core might be uh, the be- the best looking group that he's had. You know, I think a lot of people rolled their eyes because you know they thought it was kind of your same old same old off off season hype that you know comes out every year. But there seems to be some legitimacy to it, and not only just with you know how they look physically, but um, you know in the brief instances we've been able to see them, you know how how good and dynamic some of those guys on the perimeter look. So um, yeah, I mean a lot left to be proven with that group. You know, Omar Manning needs to be able to string together consecutive practices. Smart Toure still has to play a single snap at the, uh, you know, FBS level. And so there, there's a lot of things that still need to be determined. But from what we know right now about this group, that could be a much bigger strength for this offense than I think we anticipated going in. I'm not worried, though, about that transition from FCS yeah, to Yeah, it didn't, F- didn't look like you had much problem. I think, it, you know, if you're a football snob, ah, oh, it's FCS. But I, I think that Missouri Valley and Montana, um, Big Sky Conference, I mean, the top-level teams in that, you know, they, they play a very good brand of football. And we're seeing Chris Kolarovic mm-hmm. on the defensive side. And, you know, it leads you to think if you're going transfer portal, taking a highly productive FCS guy might be the best way to go in some respects versus taking maybe a disgruntled four-star guy that leaves a program expecting to have certain things just handed to them when they get to campus. Yeah, well, especially when you pair Samara's talent with the leadership that he's shown. I mean, you talked about him, the receiver coach, Scott Frost, um, and the the other receivers in that room have all praised Samara's leadership and just the command he has about him, where not only is he out there doing it by example, but he's got a pretty large voice already in that room where these younger guys are following his lead. And that's a great thing to have uh, when you have someone that can come in and and potentially be your number one, but also kind of take the take the, the, the reins of, of being a leader of that group. Uh, I mean, I think his value could be in many different ways for, for Nebraska's offense and that receiver group in general. I think some of the other uh, position battles we learned this week, Quentin Newsom has the leg up at corner, you know, but to be fair, Braxton Clark has been limited with contact. Um, so that thing is still far from over, but they have a lot of options, a lot of depth there. 
on the offensive line, uh, the big spot is probably one of those guard openings right now. I think we think Ethan Piper probably has a lock on left guard, mm-hmm. um, but then the right guard position seems to be a battle more between Matt Sichterman and Brant Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two that you would think have really kind of moved in on that. But um, some of these position battles have started to take shape here um, as we hit the back end of spring practice. Yeah, I mean, on Saturday, the the practice we watched, you know, Sichterman was the first right guard out there, but Brandt uh, worked in quite a bit as well with the first team offense. So uh, it's it's still a very heavy rotation at that spot, and uh, that's to be expected because they're, they're trying to find not only the, the best right guard, but which guy is going to play the best with the other projected starters in that group so uh, yeah I think the, the rest of the line is relatively set you know we we're talking off air Nebraska's you know media department put out that video about the pipeline uh, where they interviewed a bunch of offensive linemen and it was four guys uh, the center Ethan Piper at left guard and uh, Ben Hart and Corcoran at tackle and they the one guy they didn't have was whoever's going to be at right guard so that seems to be the one spot that is still fully up for grabs uh, but right now it seems like Sichterman and Banks seem to be the front runners to you know eventually come out of that uh, at least be the front runners going into into fall camp well and the key is there's options there um, you, you go back to year one of Greg Austin in Nebraska they didn't really have they barely had five guys that could play mm-hmm. I mean you think about that and where it's come I mean you think about the first year before they moved Tanner Farmer Cole Conrad was a starting center I mean and no knock on him. He, he was an all right player, but they just didn't have a lot of options in depth. Bo Wilson was a starter that first year in 18. In year three, Bo Wilson wasn't on the field anymore at Nebraska. So mm-hmm. you've just seen how far that group has come, and it's only going to get better as they now feel like they have nine or ten guys they can play at a Big Ten level. Well, especially with how many of those guys can play multiple positions and the cross-training that's going on The there. puzzle. Yeah, if guys aren't locked into one spot, and that's a good thing. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk more offense. I want to hit on Jacques Giant, the running backs, and more. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. 